you know, I don't know what people do on dates and things, but you can't go out to eat. You'll just sit there next to each other, uh, slurping off of your bacteria. <laughs> well, that does sound kind of <laughs> intimate. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Philip. We did a uh, NPR-style uh, introduction on a recent episode. I was just listening to it, and it sounds it sounds pretty good. We did. Oh, nice. Okay. Maybe uh, we should try doing like different news networks intros, like we can do a CNN and a Fox. <laughs> I thought about that. Actually. <laughs> like I have to watch Fox to to get this get the vibe of that, but. Uh, you're listening to CNN. <laughs> uh, yeah, if we can get James Earl Jones to come in and do the intro, that'd be that great. great. I worked I worked at ABC News for a long time and um, got to know the voiceover guy there. And you know, they the, those guys, uh, aside from James Earl Jones, who we happen to know what he looks like, he is mm-hmm. Darth, Darth Vader. Um, they never look anything like what they sound like. They're usually like these imagine. little scrawny yeah. guys. So. Um, that's always fun. Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome. Uh, this is not CNN. It's uh, WTIF, uh, coming broadcasting live from the top of the Empire State Building. <laughs> 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 Who does that? That's 1010 Wins, I think. That'd be good. Yeah. Live from the top. Of the, oh, that's, that's what I'm going to do. You know that ticker tape sound in the background, which oh, they yeah. still do? Do I'm, they really? Wow. Yeah. That's like two generations obsolete now. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I want to do that, but maybe maybe it'll be just like a spinning hard drive. Still old. <laughs> um, you're listening. Or that sound you hear is USB three. So welcome, listeners. Uh, welcome to our show. What the if? Uh, if you've heard of us before, then you know that eventually those guys will get around to to something. And um, if you're new. Uh, here it is. We're getting around to it right now. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we are What The If. And um, just a little bit about what it is, if you'd never heard us before. It's actually, you know, here, here's a, something I, I've not described it this way before, but it's a game. Uh, it is a game. Yeah. Science game. It's a science game. Oh, let's turn off our phones while they beep and bing. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a science game. And in, in fact, uh, we have some exciting news coming up about uh, some collaborations we'll be doing and some exciting guest stars mm-hmm. we'll be having. Uh, we're doing some fun shows coming up, which we're very excited about. Uh, and, and the way I've been describing it to them is, do you want to come play What the If with us? Yeah, you know? good. And uh, so what is the game exactly? You could describe the game. Uh, the game is we take the universe and then we uh, change something about it and then follow that change through. Until we get horrified or gusted. That, this is not a game for the faint of heart. <laughs> One universe enters. No a universe. universe leaves? No, nah, I'm not sure. No ex- yeah, different universe exits. Um, this, this, uh, this show could change your life as well as the lives of every atom. <laughs> in whatever universe you live in. Within 13.8 billion light years. Uh, and often we do uh, 
we've been doing a lot of space stuff because I, I just can't help myself. I love yeah, it. it's just kind of our thing. Space is cool. And we only sometimes have done something we're going to do today. So this is a special episode. We're going out of our, I'm at least, I'm going out of my comfort zone. That sound you hear is um, my shivers. The shivers in my spine. <laughs> uh, and we're going to do something biology related, biological, biological story that we came upon. And um, I'll just say that I find biology disgusting. And I recognize its value being apparently a biological creature, mm -hmm. although I tend to prefer to think of myself as a more silicon-based. No, I think there's good evidence for you being a biological creature. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's true. And uh, in school, I came to think of uh, biology and chemistry, chemistry I also did not like, as the wet sciences. and mm -hmm. uh, and physics and astronomy uh, and cosmology, uh, basically, as a, as a nice, like, not only do you not have to touch the things that you are dissecting, but they are, you know, they could be billions of miles away. You just look and it's all, it's clean, doesn't smell weird. Um, I remember when we dissected fetal pigs. Mm-hmm. Well, they still do that. They probably do. It, just the smell of the formaldehyde was enough. Did you like biology? Uh, I was. Uh, it was not my preferred thing, but I should say I have. I have encountered many awful smells in physics labs oh. as well. Um, there's nothing quite like the uh, scent of laser dye eating through your clothes as it burns your skin or whatnot. Uh, whoa! See, but that's biology. Uh, the pain is biology. Yes, that's right. <laughs> well, even this, the burning skin, I suppose, yeah. you've introduced. Um, so here's the story. You found it in the New York Times, and, and I'm just going to read it here. This is uh, from the Trilobites section, um, where they do uh, unusual biological-based stories. And looking for the author here, actually. I'd like always want to say who the person is. I don't know. Um, maybe it'll come up at the end. So here's the headline. This snail goes through metamorphosis. Then it never has to eat again. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> uh, the transfer, and there's a, there's a, look up, Google that headline and, and you'll see some pretty wild pictures of this creature. The transformation of a deep sea mollusk is comparable to an average person growing as much as 60 feet tall with a giant sack of bacteria filling your guts. In the ocean off the coast of Antarctica, a snail lives around, scorch, snail lives around scorching hydrothermal vents. Its name is Gigantopelta chesoya, or chesoya. Probably, probably chesoya. Probably. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Doritos. From the outside, it looks like any other shelled slug, but on the inside, something strange is happening, scientists report in the proceedings of the Royal Society B. <laughs> we, these are guys who couldn't make it into Royal Society A. So this is Royal <laughs> Society B. There's another story there. Um, this is like no metamorphosis ever observed in any other animal on the planet. 
Yep. We're calling it cryptometamorphosis, says Chong Chen, a deep sea biologist at the Japan Agency for Marine Earth Science and Technology, who uncovered this hidden transition that is unlike the external body changes most other animals undergo during metamorphosis. Uh, here, just to cut to the chase. Yep. Once the snail reaches a certain body length, its digestive system stops growing. Its teeth, stomach, and intestine make way for an expanding esophageal gland. The organ gets so big, it takes up most of the snail's body and becomes a new organ. Bacteria colonize it. And the snail, which grazed for food when it was smaller, like mm -hmm. a normal snail, normal snail, no longer needs to eat. It just sits there getting bigger, surviving on energy the bacteria produce inside the snail's cells. It is like a human growing, average size adult growing to 60 feet tall with a giant sack of bacteria living inside you. So, what uh, if you, listener, and we, hosts, were, had this phenomenon what if people yeah. were if like you this? underwent crypto metamorphosis mm. um so you know the the basic thing here is to remember that uh you eat right yes yes, yes. um what happens if you don't eat hungry ha i and get hangry you get hangry <laughs> <laughs> and the cats all run for cover yeah um, <laughs> and then eventually you die, right? Right. And actually, yeah. if I could just go, our cat, speaking of our cat, as we often are, mm -hmm. when she gets hungry, wow, you know it. Yeah, that's right. A hangry cat hangry. is a real thing. Yeah. 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 Um, so most animals do that, right? That seems like something you wouldn't even have to say, right? Right. Well, animals eat. That's sort of what we do. Right. And how, how we keep ourselves alive, right? Um, so our friends, the slugs, do that by... Uh, crawling along a rock and, uh, well, essentially sucking up mm. algae and slime Delicious. as they go. Right. Yes. Um, so it's like when you go to a, uh, all you can eat buffet mm. Mm -hmm. and you just go along and you just kind of vacuum up everything that's there. Yep. Like Homer, right. Homer Simpson. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so snails, most snails spend their days doing that. Um, and uh it's survival of the suckiest yeah, the slimiest <laughs> yeah, yeah. survival of the slimiest slimiest uh so as with you and i right we spend our days um sucking up food mm, it's true <laughs> yes <laughs> and we go through a childhood where we suck up a certain amount of food yeah um and we grow during that phase right um and then once we, we become adults we uh keep sucking up food but we don't keep growing anymore right 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 yeah. yep for sure yep. yeah um and then once you hit about 40 um the the growing starts again but it's horizontal and we get kind of plump exactly becomes yeah. more of a, a a growing radius instead of more of a latitude <laughs> a, a large a, a, a longer latitude greater latitude and less mm -hmm. longitude yeah that sounds right yeah um, so most critters 
and essentially all critters follow the same path, right? They've got some growth phase of their life. Right. They've got some homeostasis phase of their life where everything kind of stays the same. Um, and then they die. Uh, so this little sucker, the gigantopelta chesoia, uh, is the weirdo here. Um, and I should say, despite its name of giganto, it's a few millimeters long. (laughs) So like the, the, the width of your pinky, actually probably smaller than the width of your pinky. Yeah. So quarter inch long, third of an inch long. Well, no wonder it has this fantasy of growing 60 feet tall <laughs> bigger and bigger. <laughs> with a name like Giganto. Yeah. It's got to grow. That um, literally has to live up to its name. Yeah, that's got to be a lot of pressure, right? Can yeah. you imagine? Yeah. You're, yeah. you're born and uh, your parents say to you, you're Giganto Pelta. That's right. <laughs> Get big. You have a destiny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this little sucker, literally, um, <laughs> It starts off the same as everybody else. So when it when it's a baby, it eats food and it gets bigger and eats food and it gets bigger and eats food and gets bigger. Right. Um, and then it just stops eating food. Yeah. But it's fine. So it doesn't even get hangry. Right. It, it, well, it, in a way, it sounds like um, it, so the, the most shocking thing is the sort of extreme growth in size. Right. That's kind of bizarre. But... But really what it's doing is, it sounds like it's creating its own self-sustaining um, food. Or it's almost, it just creates enough room for its own, basically its own like food factory. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it, actually. Um, so, uh, so it gets, it has the phase where it grows enormously, right? Increases yeah. its size by uh, a factor of five or ten. Yeah. Um, and as you say, it uses that extra space to uh, it, it makes this big sack yeah. and fills it with bacteria. And the bacteria uh, happily chomp away on food and produce energy. And then the snail just sucks it off of them instead of going to eat by itself. Yeah. So, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if we preserve those proportions for ourselves, like you said, that, gets, that means that's uh, around late adolescence, we will suddenly grow to 30 to 60 feet tall. Yeah. And we use that extra space to um, hide a food factory. Yeah. In our... So the, what's this business of the giant esophageal gland? Oh, I don't know precisely. So the esophagus is the, uh, you know, di- tract, right? The, the right. upper part of it, your, your throat. Um, I don't know specifically what gland they're referring to there, mm, uh, mm. but normally glands of that sort are small, right? They're like um, bean-sized or finger-sized in the human body. Right. Well, I guess, okay, so I can see why the, one of the reasons you grow 60 feet tall mm-hmm. is because your digestive tract needs to be, or the, the, this particular component of it that holds the bacteria has to be 60 feet in length. Well, so this is kind of the weird thing is that if we just, um, enlarged ourselves feet, um, you know, uh, Ant-Man style. Yes. Then how you would expect your digestive tract to expand in proportion to everything else. Right. So suddenly your stomach would be big enough to hold a cow or whatever. 
Right. Oh, right. <laughs> um, but the, the weird thing with this crypto metamorphosis is that the, your digestive system doesn't expand at all. So now you're 60 feet tall, but your digestive system proper is still only two, three feet long. Oh. All, that, all that extra space is now filled with the food factory right. that you've smuggled in. Right. Open for business. <laughs> yeah, it's like you've got a little bodega uh, inside your mouth. Yeah. Uh, so, and I want to focus on sixty feet uh, up till this moment of mm -hmm. the, of the show. Like I said, this is a game. We do this live. We, none of this was pre-planned, so that's clear. That's not an excuse. That. Yeah. That's not an excuse. That's a you know, that's a hum that's an improv hum humble brag. Um, <laughs> and uh, improv performers not known for their humility. So, uh, 60 feet now. Let, let's contemplate that. What does that mean? Just that. I'm looking out a, w a window, and you know, generally one floor is 10 feet. With yeah, so five, six stories. Six stories tall. Uh, 60 feet high. So, yeah, you're si now Godzilla's bigger, way bigger than that. Yeah. Godzilla's uh, well, way it depends bigger. which iteration of Godzilla, but yeah, I think most of them probably are bigger than right. that. Most of them have their head above the building tops because their feet. But so it's not Godzilla size, but it's, it's bigger than a giraffe, right? Oh, yeah. Much, probably much bigger uh, than a three giraffe. Times, three times the size of a giraffe. So, yeah, okay. There's no. There's no land critter that's um, that's that scale, which is a problem in and of itself. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so the corresponding, unlike the snail, what, what here's an interesting thing about I think math or these extrapolations mm -hmm. that if the snail grows. Um, I don't know how many times that was. A lot, many, many, yeah, many times. Five or ten times. Right, five or ten times. It's still a small thing. Uh, yes. However, when you scale those things up, uh, it becomes great. Certain things happen that don't happen at that small scale. For instance, now your bones weigh. I mean, you're you're just a giant creature. You are. There's a reason why there's no sixty foot giraffe. Oh uh, yeah. Let alone human. <laughs> Um, yeah, and something to to remember is that this is a, a change that happens at a certain point in your life. So through elementary, middle, high school, you're just normal size. Right? Oh, you're man. two, three, four, five feet tall. Right. Um, and then sometime around graduation, you blow up to 60 feet. Oh, man, the seniors are going to so pick on them. Freshmen. <laughs> so, says, or like, so the so freshmen when, when, are like five <laughs> feet tall, five yeah, and a half. I thought gym class was bad now. Yes. But, <laughs> um, uh, so for instance, when you're growing up, your parents will be 20 times your size. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess when you're a baby, they are. But you would be, you know, grown up and aware of the world. It'd be a mm -hmm. different thing. Yeah. yeah, and you'd come up to like, you know, the mid-shin on them. Uh, yeah. Whoa. And you would live in, a nor in an enormous house 
but, everything would be totally out of proportion. Yeah, right? yeah. So that'd be um, kind of fun. And you would have to be eating all the time. Grown up would never eat. Oh, right. so you'd have eating, to be eating would be like the the clearest indicator of childhood. Like, ah, oh, that kid's still eating slime every day. Yeah, like the the seniors when they come to pick on the the young folk, uh, their younger classmates, uh, literally inferior. They kind of would just stomp into the cafeteria and just kick the tables open. They'd be like, "Look at you eating." <laughs> Fools. <laughs> Weak. Yeah. yeah. Fast times at what's the name of this snail? Snail, uh, the Gigantopelus. Yeah. G Gigantopelta. Fast times at G Gigantopella High. Um, yeah, that's right. That would be, um, it would literally be dangerous to be walking down the hallway as uh, a sophomore, right? Because one of the seniors isn't paying attention. They'll just stomp on you. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, you could be stomped to death and no one would know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, dinosaurs were this high, though, it sounds like. Um, let's see here. So, well, something like a brachiosaur um, mm -hmm. is certainly feet long. Uh, 60 feet high is hard. Right. 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 Because um, amongst, you know, bones have to get thick. Um, uh, you become incredibly heavy, you know, just walking on the ground without sinking into it is hard. Uh, your heart now has to pump blood, an, an extreme quantity of blood up very high. Right. So here, here's what we can say. I, I, it sounds like logical to say that we don't grow tall. We don't grow 60 feet tall. Yeah. We become horizontal. Horizontal. Spherical, spherical, right? There's no, there's no. In fact, in fact, this it doesn't sound like the snail grows in length as much as width. Um, I'm actually not sure. From it was hard to tell from the picture. I'm looking at the pictures how the proportions go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the snail could be whatever. It could, it doesn't. Yeah, uh, it's still ground based. It's still a slithering. Right? We don't suddenly see snails standing up and. Walking mm -hmm. around and kicking the other snails. Uh, no, that's right. And this is, you know, this is an, an aquatic snail, which is, I don't think we'd mentioned this earlier. So it lives right. at the bottom of the ocean. Right? Right. Um, and the bottom of the ocean is the right place to be doing this sort of thing. So if you want to expand your body size by a factor of 10, go to the bottom of the ocean. Right. Or, look, for instance, that's why whales are gigantic. Yeah. But we don't see them on, on land anymore. Um, so your parents are you know, way bigger than you, but they're also crawling. Mm -hmm. They become four-legged creatures. Uh, it would probably be easier. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So that might be another transformation. That, that's right. That we would get is uh, kids can run around on two legs, but once you undergo the cryptometamorphosis, you're so big. Right. You're like, it's like, Gulliver, hot, it's like right? Gulliver's Travels. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, now, now let's get to this digestion business. Uh, they no longer eat, but do they poop? Uh, well, that's they a good must question, actually. Um, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's a sense in which you know the bacteria must excrete something, right? Um, whether or not 
it's in large enough quantities that uh, the the snail has to get rid of it. I'm not so sure. Um, but I mean, one of the things I find fascinating here is that essentially the snail has outsourced eating. Right. 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 It doesn't. It doesn't eat or digest. Right. It has. It has come up with some kind of contractual relationship with a bag of bacteria, and said, "Okay, do you guys mind just doing all of this eating for me?" Right. Now, my impression is that that's actually we do that as well. Right. We have. Oh uh, well, there's a, that's an important sense of things is that our digestive system is full of bacteria. Right. Um, and a lot of the processes, sort of the the. Um, the the very basic biochemical processes probably started with something like this. Like you, it's not hard to imagine that mm. three billion years ago, the prototype to a stomach was something like this. Ah, right. That there. You mean that maybe there was this? Yeah, there was some multicellular critter. Right. That for a while each cell was just doing its own eating and digesting. Right. Um, and then it managed to uh, uh, en- encapsulate a sack of other bacteria right. and just started sucking the nutrition out of that sack of bacteria instead of doing dig- digestion on its own. Right. Um, and then over the course of tens of millions of years, that sack of bacteria gets so specialized uh, and so well integrated into the larger creature that it becomes an organ. Right. This is like this is a perfect example of evolution or natural selection. Yeah. That there might have been a creature, very tiny, whatever, and then some bacteria got into it, which may have been normally that's a bad thing. Oh, you've got back, you know, you got an infection or something. You've got bacteria, right. but in this case, it was a. In fact, that probably did happen a lot. Right. All mm-hmm. these, all these, the little proto mammal creatures. Um, most of them would, if they encountered bacteria, they they got sick and they died. But one of them didn't really lucked out. Yeah, like, ah, exactly. Free food. It went to the head of the class. Yeah, and began procreating like crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, eventually, yeah. we became that. Right. So a lot of it. I mean, this is this is sort of the uh, the edges of evolutionary biology here. But there's um, a general sense that a lot of the functions of our of the cells in our body came from very primitive critters consuming each other. So, for instance, mitochondria. You remember these? Yes, that is the that is the is one of the because it was sounded like a little bit like physics. This is one thing I remember that the mitochondria is like the little power plant, little nuclear power plant. Yeah, that's right. So it's in inside each cell. Uh, of your body, there are mitochondria, right. these little structures, and they do the actual energy processing that makes everything else work. So no, no mitochondria, no complex life, as right. we know it. Um, and, and, that, and that mitochondria is actually kind of like an independent That's right, yeah. So the thing. evidence suggests that mitochondria existed as their own thing, right. just happily swimming around, uh, and then got integrated into these larger cellular structures. So inside every cell of your body, there's a little alien who's been conscripted to make your life better. They are literally living the matrix. 
in a way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. We know don't know what they see. We're running for them, um, but uh, I don't know. I think uh, slavery might be a better metaphor than the Matrix. Right. They were going about their business. Mm-hmm. Somehow right. found themselves sucked into a, a mammal. Or, I don't know. Let's just say a human. Well, not even a mammal, just a cell. A cell. Oh, sense. a cell. Right. Oh. Yeah. So this cell, it's like two. It's like two alien civilizations meeting, and one of them, yeah, just absorb physically absorbs the other. Mm-hmm. You know, I I am sure there's a lot of science fiction out there like that, but I don't read it because it's bio- biology and it just sounds gross. Maybe, but I'm not aware. I, I, I'm sure there's uh, obviously there's got to be stories about that. But I don't I don't know them where. Aliens come and rather than abducting or even like the Matrix, it isn't really like being absorbed. It's this thing, they uh, structure they manufacture, this infrastructure they've created. And uh, this is literally the aliens. Phys- like if aliens came here, they would physically absorb us, mm-hmm. yep. but also to would- our benefit. Well, so that's a symbiotic relationship right. in biology is that if, if both parties benefit, uh, then we call that symbiotic, and everybody's good. Yeah, no complaints. But nobody asks the mitochondria. How do you feel? Well, about this, this is the this is a problem. Um, is that there is a uh, 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 a a question of you know if you're going to absorb another creature into your body, what the proper kind of politeness and <laughs> questions that you ask? Darwin never answered this question. Yeah. <laughs> Darwin never answered, is evolution rude? <laughs> Although I think there is an understanding. Uh, certainly, Werner Herzog puts it very well that it's, it's definitely mean-spirited. Yes, I think that's right. I think I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm okay with saying evolution is rude. It's evolution totally is rude. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so there, we, there's no, sto- no talk of mitochondrial or bacterial rights. Uh, um, no, on. but you could, uh, you know, we can ask Peter Singer uh, the next time we see him and see if he has some some feelings on the matter. Peter, Peter Singer? Oh, Peter Singer is a uh, uh, philosopher and uh, famous animal rights activist. Mm, 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 mm. Um, so he argues that um, uh, animals should have the full suite of civil rights that we do. Oh, okay. Is he involved in, the, there's a case, right, isn't there, with a monkey? Uh, I do not know. Yeah. Possible. We'll have to look at there's some case involving a monkey and the monkey's rights. Um, so, yeah, this. So you got this sixty. You got these sixty feet tall slash long, tall and or long humans mm-hmm. crawling around. And the interesting thing is, here, here's another thing. Really important part of this story was that, as far as we know now, at the moment, at least. This is the only creature on the entire planet that does this. Uh, yes, that's right. The, um, I noticed that the, the paper the Times was reporting on um, had kind of a hopeful claim. So, well, maybe this happens in lots of other systems too. Right. Uh, and that may be. That was, that was bacteria calling. <laughs> saying, hey. <laughs> they have so many things to say. We, <laughs> notifications. The bacteria are really rude. They're, we'll see, they're trying to be rude back, mm-hmm. trying to fight back through notifications. Uh, and, and the reason I mention that uniqueness is that um, one, another question for our what the if 
the progression of this what the if game mm-hmm. of this dastardly game is um this rouged game uh well are are we imagining a planet where this is common among life systems that they all do this but but no actually what's one thing we do try to do as well with this game of what the if is only change one thing and so it's an important aspect of this story that they are the only creatures on the planet that do this let's say so humans grow just like we grew brains and intelligence that seems to be unique among the planet um now we also have these enormous bodies that don't need to eat oh okay so if you don't need to eat that means we uh speaking of ecological thinking uh progressive thinking mm-hmm. you don't we don't need to destroy the planet or uh, all the whole all stuff that involves eating goes away except for children except for children right. which is like would be so tiny their needs would be so tiny right yeah so all all children's uh, all restaurant menus are now children's menus <laughs> Every meal a happy meal. That's what yes, I promise. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So otherwise, you know, I don't know what people do on dates and things, um, but you can't go out to eat. You'll just sit there next to each other, uh, slurping off of your bacteria. <laughs> well, that does sound kind of <laughs> intimate. I don't know what it's called. Uh, well, yeah. Here, now, here's the thing: the, the 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 snail is unaware. I think is a safe bet. Doesn't have to consciously go, for instance, slurp bacteria. Uh, yes, like they're done. They're done. Yep. So, in fact, you're you no longer have a mouth. Well, in fact, they even said something. Well, about you the, do, but it's tiny, right? It's it's small to do anything useful, right? But maybe that's you know that still allows you to go out and. Maybe time. They, they like sip things. Everybody has a sippy, okay. sippy okay. cups. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, so it's, it's like it's all tapas all the time. It's all tapas, it's all tapas and like, uh, yeah, just like little, it's, it's all tapas and for drinks, it's all shots. That's just right. a little, and uh, yeah, it became a fashion. People carry around their little sippy cup around their neck or whatever. Um, knowing humans, they would still ingest all kinds of harmful, um, but mind and body inducing substances. Oh, sure. So that that would trip out the uh, bacteria. One thing that I don't I didn't see in the story, maybe I missed it. That how is the balance of this maintained? Because that that sounds like a if you're counting on a self sustaining thing, mm-hmm. it can't be a perpetual motion. Yeah, that's right. It's um, machine. Yeah, the paper doesn't say anything about that, and I don't know enough about snails to uh, uh, say. But I would imagine that their lifetime is now determined by how much bacteria they've got in their sack. Yeah, and in fact, so for humans, I'm guessing one of the reasons you would be going to the doctor is because your bacteria balance is you've got too much. They're too active, or they're not active enough. Uh, yeah, that could be. Um, so it's. Uh, um, yeah, they'd be constantly giving you, uh, you know, macrobiotic supplements and things. Yeah, yeah. And you'd be like, ooh, my bacteria are acting up today. <laughs> I think I need to lay down. Um, 
and I must come back to I've it, I found it it's a haunting thought that in fact we are this is no what the if this is no science fiction this is real mm-hmm. we are containers of all kinds of ecosystems we are actually almost a traveling universe mm-hmm. or traveling I don't know what you call it, multiverse <laughs> it's like different different civilizations um. So let's jump. Now we do the fast forward round. Speed round. Speed round. Speed round. These things keep growing. People, we, we, all humans, once they've evolved this thing, they no longer need to eat and they are enormous. Here's the thing you have to be enormous. So, so uh, yes, that's right, because you need that huge sack right. of bacteria. So it's a good, good and, you know, good and bad thing, depending on how you look at it. Uh, Everything else still goes about as normal. So theoretically, again, we're keeping everything the same. These creatures build us as a civilization just like we have, mm-hmm. except that the scale is six times bigger. Right. And, and there's no restaurants. And there's no restaurants, right. But they must have other forms of entertainment that we can't even imagine. Uh, yeah. And actually, I don't really want to think about snail <laughs> entertainment. That's, I think that, that way lies madness. <laughs> Snailtainment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, snail podcasts would be fascinating. Uh, know, that would be very interesting. I think they're, they're very, fairly quiet, I would imagine. Very quiet, yeah. But the slurping sound. <laughs> Just constant slurping sounds. <laughs> That's not right. That's the podcast. Slurping, yeah. <laughs> slurping sounds. Um, but... What becomes of this uh, of these creatures? It sounds like there's no problems at all. Like I don't. Weirdly, they don't have to. That one of the things about evolution is that the difficult balance is between the creatures and their environment. Yeah. So as long as there's plenty of bacteria available, um, then not a lot of competition for resources. So maybe I'll have a little bit of utopia, um, but. In in high school, like right before you undergo that metamorphosis, yeah, uh, there's going to be super intense competition for bacteria because everybody's going to want to load up. Oh. but now is it seems to me bacteria, it having a lot of bacteria is easy. Uh, that is what um, many dorm rooms would leave you, lead you to believe. <laughs> yes. yes. Certainly at the University of Maryland, I can attest. Um, yeah, I mean, it helps that it grows, that bacteria grow themselves, right? Um, but so instead of Iowa being hundreds of miles of farms, um, it would just be hundreds of miles of bacterial vats. Right. Actually, that, okay, that, it, this is the scary cliffhanger end of this saga, which is that <laughs> because they are human, they are competitive. They are territorial and tribal and all the things we still are. And uh, bacteria is the most important resource. Like bacteria is, yep. and well, I mean, I suppose they might still, they could still use uh, oil and nuclear power or whatever to heat their buildings they want to be in, but they probably would just make the entire world bacteria energy based. Yeah, no reason not to. The entire planet. 
And that's something, we'll leave it here on a positive note, that is actually something we're looking to do too, aren't we? There are, we're using like um, uh, waste treatment facilities filled with bacteria to create yeah, energy. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we already do that, right? Water treat, the, the water you're drinking almost certainly has been run through a slurry of bacteria oh. before it got to your water faucet, right? Oh, I didn't realize that's how they filter it with bacteria. Yeah. So when you say water treatment plant, that means giant vats of bacteria and algae and things. Wow, I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking of like garbage. Uh, they're using um, bacteria to break down garbage, mm -hmm. and the and the heat generated from that is used for energy. Yeah, we could do that too. Yeah, yeah that'd be fine. I mean, because bacteria are super efficient. And since they make more of themselves, if you can convince them to do what you want them to do, right. that's a really good way to do it. That's another positive thing is that they are mindless slaves. As far as we know. That's right. As far as we know. And, and they're, um, so nuclear power and bacteria power are kind of two examples of things that have enormous amounts of energy uh, and could be harnessed. That's right. At least potentially. Yeah. Right. And, and, and certainly breeding untold amounts of bacteria. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> I can't imagine any downside. <laughs> Definitely. We should, we should turn every nuclear power plant into a bacteria breeding plant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No reason not to. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, bacteria, I'll just say lastly, bacteria, we've been talking about it as one thing, but in fact, it is millions of different kinds of things. Is that right? There's, how, yes, know, exactly. Right. So it's, many. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. it's like saying uh, soup. Right. There's a lot of different kinds of soups out there. Wow. Uh, and if you're hoping for gazpacho, and you get um, you know chili, you're going to be woefully disappointed. Right. Oh, the Andy Warhol painting of all those bacteria, all the different kinds of bacteria. I love that. That's really great. That's really great. Well, this has been. I, I got to be honest. This, uh, you know, I, I'm a little bit excited about biology now. A little bit more okay. than I was. I'm like, wow. This sounds like kind of fascinating. And I didn't have, here's the thing, I didn't have to touch anything, thank God. And in fact, we aren't even, you know, we haven't done any visuals except that one picture in the article, just that one picture in the article mm -hmm. a little, of a snail, that, that, that really grows me out. So I, it's horrible enough. Yeah, yeah, so we're good. Um, dear listeners, I hope you enjoyed this as well. And that you weren't eating breakfast. And you weren't eating breakfast, or if you were, that it was a good, hearty bacterial slurry. <laughs> uh, tell us what you thought. Tell us the, the I really want to know the thoughts that went through your mind and mm -hmm. your digestive tract. As you listen to the show, you could email us. You're at your computer already, I bet, or your phone has a thing. Yeah. Email us at feedback at whattheif.com. Feedback at whattheif.com. Also, that's our website, whattheif.com. You can go there and you can see all uh, our episodes. You can... Let's not even start with my thing about see and hear. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, you can hear all our episodes, but you can also see pictures of them and so you know what thing you're clicking on. A lot... I mean, we're up to more than 50 episodes, which is very yep. exciting. Very exciting. Um, 50 times we've played the What The If game and you can hear it all in many varieties. Um... You can also learn about us. Um, we don't go into the bacterial level, but there's a brief overview of each of us. Yeah. Biography. Mm -hmm. uh, biography, but, but not biologi biography. 
Yes. Uh, yes. Another reason I didn't go into biology. So can't pronounce things. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Twitter. It hurt. We are just about superseding 15,000 followers. Wow. Now, I know a lot of you are bots. Now I'm starting to think another giant percentage of you are bacteria. Mm-hmm. So we welcome you. I'd love to know your feelings on the matter. Um, but a whole lot of you are humans. And in fact, I know more and more are humans, or at least you're bots passing the Turing test, and then I'm having conversations with you, and you're sharing pictures and other science stories and things like that. On Twitter, we are at what the if show at what the if show all one word science news science oddities we discuss our shows and other people's shows also send us ideas here's one of the biggest pleas we have we are happy to play the game with your uh, launching we're happy to to take your idea put it in our rocket on our launch pad and fire it up and see where it goes yep whatever send us your idea tell us what you need if what do you need if you then become a super ifer and you join the ranks of the many who have received as a thank you gift uh, puppets, little finger puppets from the Unemployed Philosophers Guild. They are erstwhile sponsors. They give us these puppets to give away. It's very mm-hmm. kind of them. Um, philosophersguild.com. They make smart, funny products for smart, funny people. If you go to the website, you will laugh your butt off. I'm just saying that's my new. That's my new tagline for them. I'm not yeah, sure if they're going to laugh your yeah. butt off. You know, um, tickle your bacteria. There we go. And go to iTunes. Only a small number of you know how to do this. I think the bots. I'm talking to you, bots, because I'm guessing you know how to do this better than anybody. Go to iTunes and leave us a review. If you know what I'm talking about, please do it. Know that if you know what I'm talking about and you have the uh, you can do it without any you know, instructions or whatever, but please do that because you're a small minority and we really depend on it. There is a uh, iTunes plays a large role in whether people find out about our show or not since all the other pod services take yeah. the reviews from iTunes. So when you put an when you put, by the way, even if you don't use Apple stuff, uh, when you leave a review on iTunes, it actually goes to all the different things, Android, pod services, and all that kind of Weird. stuff too. Yeah, super Apple. So uh, iTunes is basically, a Apple probably in general, is just an enormous sack of digiteria that we all... Yeah, I don't know if that's going to help our iTunes ranking. Tell them that they're just a giant sack of bacteria. (laughs) Well, here's the good thing. I don't think anybody reads this. (laughs) At at Apple, I mean. (laughs) So, uh, but I, I am a big Apple fan. So let me just put that out there. Matthew, thank you. Professor Matt, certainly. Um, you, uh, we don't say much, but you're you're at NYU. Got anything exciting coming up at uh, NYU? Uh, no, I'm um, leading a monastic life of uh, uh, just sitting in my office and writing. So, trying to do as little as possible. That's good. Other than writing, uh, right? And I saw recently you slayed chapter five. I did. That's exciting. So now, if you does that mean was like chapter five is like a boss level, and now you're back to. Chapter 5 was giving me some difficulty, so I was very happy to put it in the ground. Wonderful. Wonderful. We look forward to the final book. And how many chapters will there be? There will be 11. Oh! So, I'll keep you up to date. Keep us up to date. Next week, as the cauldron of bacteria 
in the what the earth what the earth <laughs> what the earth what the if research department there's a massive uh, undulating sack that's 60 feet in diameter yeah churning with bacteria and if if we don't have a listener idea which we would like to again i encourage you to send us your ideas then I will put on my hazmat suit and go down into the basement. As much as I hate biology and I hate stinky, wet things, I will go and say, dear, dear bacteria sack, what idea have you this week? And it will spit it out. And I will put it in a beaker and bring it upstairs and show it to you. And we will say, what the... If, 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 if,